energy. The guy told me I was no spring chicken anymore, and that's why my ankle was still hurting. I'm 33, not 133. The passion. The Red Sox handling of Xander Bogarts is a complete organizational failure. The opinions on all your favorite teams. No, not this year, but it's next year where Bill Belichick ends up on the hot seat. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas Show back at it here on a Wednesday, the first day of February. We are streaming live always at WDEVradio.com or just find us the old-fashioned way, WDEV AM and FM. We go up until 645 today. That's high school basketball. Brent Curtis on the coverage. Boys Hoops Hazen at Spalding again, 645. We've got things kind of all jumbled today now, right? So George Como is going to be here live. He's going to be here at 605. I'm going to try to keep him for as long as I possibly can with the legendary Vermont broadcaster who's calling it quits from Norwich hockey after the season. He is going to be here at 605. Tom Karen and Freddie Coleman, TC of Nesson, Freddie from ESPN Radio. I spoke to both of them earlier today, but because I want to keep George as long as I can, you're not going to hear those on the air live. You will hear parts of their answers to things over the course of the next 75 minutes, but TC and Freddie will be available on our podcast channel coming up later tonight. You can get in, as always, on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. That's 802-585-3026. It's your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. You can also check us out on Facebook Live and on YouTube as well. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. This morning, Tom Brady announced his retirement after 23 seasons. 23 seasons in the NFL and seven Super Bowl championships. TB12 says he is walking away. Tom Brady's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. He really had two to three Hall of Fame careers in one career, and he calls it quits today, and he says that it is for good. Here's Tom Brady from this morning's announcement in his own words. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured i just press record let you guys know first so i uh, won't be long-winded you only get one super emotional retirement essay and i used mine up last year so i uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me my family my friends my teammates my competitors uh, i could go on forever there's too many um Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. There was TB12 in his own words. And as usual, two things can be true at the same time. And as usual, two things are true in this situation. One, 
I am completely shocked by this announcement. And two, I believe him. I think Tom Brady is done. I do not think that he is coming back. Both of those things are true today. Let's start with number one. Let's start with the first point I made. I am in disbelief of this announcement. I was in disbelief when I saw it at 8.30 this morning. I was in disbelief when I heard it on the CBS National News at noon. I'm in disbelief today. In my career, I don't know that I've ever felt more strongly about a take than I did about Tom Brady coming back in 2023. I thought there was no way that Tom Brady would retire. I plastered that take all over my social media. I ridiculed anybody who suggested otherwise. I was positive that Tom Brady was coming back, and I believe now, clearly, that I am wrong. When I saw this video today, it was completely jarring to me. I just could not fathom a scenario in which a guy gives up his marriage and his kids for the sport of football just to play one more season with a middling team. I could not imagine that scenario. I thought for sure the decision to let football run his life and ruin his family life I thought that was a decision that was going to give him multiple more years on the field, and I thought it was going to give him the freedom to pour even more energy into the sport. I was sure of it. And to see Brady walking away today, I really still cannot wrap my head around it. And I'm also shocked because Tom Brady seemed to have several good choices in front of him football-wise. This was not a situation where Tom Brady was going to get left out of the quarterback musical chairs. In fact, he was probably leading the quarterback musical chairs. He wasn't going to get left out in the cold. He had several realistic options, and he had several realistic options that would have allowed him opportunities to win. And for a guy who loves to win, I'm shocked to see him walk away from a chance to do that. He could have won in San Francisco. Heck, he could have won a Super Bowl in San Francisco. He could have been a playoff quarterback in Vegas. He could have been a divisional winner and a playoff playoff quarterback in Tennessee. He could have been a playoff quarterback for any team in the NFC South. There is a There are a ton of teams that need a quarterback, a ton that would have wanted Tom Brady, and a ton that he could have done real damage with, and I'm surprised that he walked away from all of that. From a guy who is the ultimate competitor, I thought there were real chances out there for him to compete for divisional championships, playoff victories, and in some spots, a Super Bowl championship, and I am surprised that he walked away from it. I know the family stuff. I know the access to his kids, the distance from them. I'm sure that was going to play a part in it. But if he went to Carolina or stayed in Tampa or went to New Orleans or went to Tennessee, he would have been within a stone's throw of his family. I'm surprised he didn't make a choice like that. But now that Tom Brady has made this choice, now that he has said it, now that he's put it on video, I believe him. Joseph on the text line doesn't believe him. I know I'm a sucker. I know I fell for it last year. I get all that. 
but I believe Tom Brady today. Do you? 802-585-3026. This announcement, this video, it felt and looked more real than last year's did. This one wasn't a TB12 production. It was just his iPhone turned around. It wasn't an infomercial for the TB12 method. It didn't come with the bells and whistles. It didn't come with the let's go or the hype. It wasn't produced. This one was raw. And you could see it in his eyes. He welled up. He teared up. He thanked his family. You could tell that this video and this announcement, you could tell it was making an impact. And it's the kind of impact that you can feel when there is a finality to something in your life. That's what it felt like to me. That's what it sounded like to me. Maybe Tom Brady doesn't want to do this, but he's doing it anyways. And that quiver in his voice, the welling up in his eyes, it sounded like he knows this time it's final. I believe that Tom Brady is done. And for me, as I bet for a lot of people out there, football now will never be the same. I'm not saying that football will be worse. I'm not saying that I won't watch it. Of course I will, and you will too. But football will never be the same now for a lot of people. Because I got to tell you, I barely remember football without Tom Brady. I can remember it, but I barely remember an NFL without Tom Brady. And for a lot of people out there, they will feel the same way, and your football-watching experience will now forever be different. I know that mine will. Tom Brady started playing in the NFL when I was 10 years old. 10 years old. Okay? I remember stuff about football before 10, but it's hard. It's drawing on the memory bank here. I remember the Super Bowls before I was 10. I remember Bledsoe versus Favre. Desmond Howard with the kickoff return. I remember Favre versus Elway and Elway spinning like a top. I remember Elway against Chris Chandler and Eugene Robinson gets arrested the night before the Super Bowl. I remember Kevin Dyson at the one-yard line being stopped by Mike Jones for the Rams. I remember football. I remember how bad my Seahawks were forever. But it's different. Okay. It's for an entire generation of people plus football today will never be the same. This is a turning of the page moment for the sport, for the league, and for a lot of fans of the league. Now, I don't know that Tom Brady is at peace with this decision, but I'm happy that he was able to come to this decision because I knew that the decision was going to be really hard for him. And I think it's going to be really hard for him to stay off the field. I do not think that this is going to be easy for him, but I do believe that he's going to stick to it. Freddie Coleman of ESPN Radio spoke to me earlier today. He also believes Tom Brady is done for good. I'm completely buying this one. I don't think he would go on social media and let it be known because the last time it was leaked, he may not have made up his mind, but he may have let it be known to people that, you know, I'm leaning towards retiring. So I think he wanted to make sure it was going to be on his own terms. He was going to be in charge of the narrative and control that narrative. So I, I bought it last year, to be honest with you. I wasn't surprised last year. 
but I'm completely buying the dish because you made a point to put that out there and not have that leaked out to anybody else. Didn't leak out to anybody else, and there wasn't a production to it. It didn't come with a coordinated video. It, this one was raw. This one felt real. This one felt final. 802-585-3026. couple of texts rolling in. Carl in Williamstown. Why do you think Brady ultimately did this now? Carl, it's not really for me to speculate, right? There could be any number of reasons that Tom Brady decided to retire today or in this week. I saw Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network say it was a family-driven decision. That's very well possible. It certainly would make some sense. I, I will say this. I do not believe that Tom Brady retired because he thinks he's done. I do not think that Tom Brady thinks that. I think Tom Brady can still play. I think he could play at a playoff level. I think he could play at a Super Bowl level if he was playing in San Francisco. And I think he knows that also. So this, I believe there's something at play here. This is not a football. Tom Brady once said, I'll retire when I suck. I don't think Tom Brady sucks, and I don't think he thinks that he sucks. There's something else at play here about why he did this now, why he decided to make this decision. Wiley over in Richmond, I wonder if that's Wiley's first or last name. He says, Brady, I was listening to the radio earlier today, and someone said that maybe Brady needed last season to show himself that he was washed up. Like maybe he was the last guy at the party and finally realized it was time to leave. It's funny you say that, Wiley, because I was actually listening at that time, too. That was on the Dan Patrick show this morning, which I don't always listen to, but I listened to DP today on the way in. It's possible, right? But I don't know that I believe that. Guys at Tom Brady's level, I don't think they ever think that they're the problem. Guys at Tom Brady's level always think that they're the solution. I don't think that Tom Brady came in, you know, said to himself, man, I really held the Bucks down this year. I can't play this anymore. I don't think he thought that at all. I think Tom Brady looked at it and said, man, if I, if they, if, if I was in the good situation, I could be the missing piece for somebody. Like, I think Tom Brady says, I could be the missing piece for the Niners. I could be the missing piece for the Saints. I absolutely think that he thinks that. I could be the missing piece for Tennessee. We could run this back with the Bucs and with better health and luck, we'll be good again. I 1,000% I think that he thinks that. I do not think that this was like he looked around and said, man, I really do stink, and I'm the last one to realize it. I, I don't buy that. Matt in South Burlington, why do you think he made the announcement now as opposed to the decision? Uh, couple, I mean, any number of reasons, right? One, he could get on with his life now. He doesn't have this hanging over him. He won't be asked about it all offseason. Maybe now as he's done this, he can make some repairs to his relationship with Giselle and have a better offseason with his kids. That might be true. Two, easier now for other teams to make decisions and make moves, right? Brady was going to kind of hold up the quarterback market. Now the ice jam has been thawed and other things can happen. Teams now have the knowledge of Brady's plans and they can go out and make other decisions. So I do believe that's part of this as well. And three next week is Super Bowl week. If this was going to get leaked by anybody else, I don't think Brady wanted it out next week where it's taking away from the game. 
the radio row stuff, Brady will ultimately be a huge storyline there. But for the league, they can talk about Brady now for the three days. And then when everybody gets to Phoenix, they could focus on the game. I don't think Brady wanted to take away from the game. So I think that's part of the, part of the reason, all of it, why it comes out today versus any other day. It is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Now, what happens with Tom Brady as far as the Patriots are concerned? Now that Brady's retired, and I think it's for real, what do the Pats do? I've got three things I want to see happen. I'll tell you what those are next on WDEV, AM and FM. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Things a bit screwy today for us. Usually at this time, I talk to Tom Karen of Neston on a Wednesday. I spoke to him earlier today. That interview is up, I'm told, on our podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and WDEVradio.com. We will have George Como, Norwich broadcaster, the legend, live in studio in about 15 minutes. So I know George is on his way in now. We'll talk with him about his career, his announcement about retiring from Norwich hockey. It's not all Tom Brady today. We got George Como stuff too. So George will be with me in here about 6.05. Now that Brady is retired and now that I believe that it's for good, I want to see three things happen when it comes to the New England Patriots and Brady. One, I want to see a statement from the Patriots higher-ups on Brady. They did this last year. It's appropriate to do it again. And guess what? We've already checked that one off the list. Robert Kraft has a statement. Robert Kraft has a video. Bill Belichick has a statement. That was good. That's the number one thing I wanted to see. It's mainly for the fans. It's kind of just a platitude but it's appropriate and it's necessary. I know they did it last year. They needed to do it again. And they did Kraft, Belichick. Both of them put out statements. Patriots social media has blasted it out. Kraft has a video. That's what you want. Okay. That is appropriate. That is good. Now the next things I want to see, I want to see the Patriots sign Tom Brady to a one day contract. I want him to end his career officially with the Patriots. And then three, I want the Patriots next year to retire number 12. And I want them to induct Brady next year into the Patriots ring of honor. That's what I want to happen. That's what's appropriate. The statement has already been done. Check that good on you, New England. I want to see the Patriots now sign Tom Brady to a one-day contract. I know to some of you, it doesn't mean absolutely anything. But to me, a guy who gets emotional about my sports, it would mean a lot. It means something to me in the department of mending fences. And I think it's important to take that step moving forward. When Tom Brady left New England after the 2019 season, there was clearly some animosity. And I understand why there was animosity, especially from his side. But signing a one-day contract 
and holding up the Patriots jersey one more time and being on the premises one more time and standing in a room with Robert Kraft again, the owner who let him walk, and maybe Bill Belichick, the coach who let him walk, that would show the animosity thawing and it would allow things to move forward. Yes, it's ceremonial in nature, but I know it would make fans happy again to have the last memory of Brady be with him in a Patriots uniform, and it would open up the doors for Brady to be around more in the future. And that's what I want. I know Tom Brady's going to be working at Fox. I know he's not going to be, I know he's not going to be able to be around all the time, but I want him to be able to be around when he can and when he wants to. And I think the mending fences part of this helps him be able to do that. If Brady's doing a Sunday afternoon game and the Patriots are playing on Monday, I want to know that Brady can be there on the sideline. If they're playing on Thursday, I want to know that he can be there on the sideline. That's what I want. Right? That's what I want. Signing a one-day contract is ceremonial, but it's something that would be important to me. I think it would be important to fans. And Tom Karen of Nesson, I talked to him earlier today. He agreed he'd like to see it. I would like to see that because I think, you know, any any sort of uh, lingering hostility between him and the team, him and the fan base, him and whatever, ought to be put away now. And and that probably would be the first step towards that, right? Do the, the little one-day contract, have him up on the podium with Belichick and Kraft and have the, the trio back together. I think that would be nice. Yes, I think it would be nice as well. Unnamed texter says, Tom Brady provided us Patriots fans many great moments Well, no fault of his, I wish he played his entire career in New England. To quote from the movie, we are Marshall, you've done enough, Tom. Look, I would have loved to see Tom Brady play his whole career in New England as well. There's something to be said for somebody who does that, right? Derek Jeter, Kobe Bryant. There's something to be said for guys that play their entire career in one spot. It does give you a certain level of clout. Now, Tom Brady didn't get it. That's fine. I want to see the last moment of him be with the Patriots jersey. A couple of Glenn and Middlebury has a good question. I'm going to answer that in a minute. I promise you, Glenn, I will not not answer your question. I just want to finish this thought here on Brady first. This is the big one for me now. I want to see the Patriots break protocol for Tom Brady. The Patriots have a rule that you need to be retired four years before you can go into the Patriots' ring of honor, I would waive that. The rules, they don't apply to Tom Brady, and everybody else will understand that. Yes, Ty Law had to wait, and yes, Richard Seymour, and Vince Wilfork, and Rodney Harrison, and Gronk will wait. All of them will wait. That's okay. Tom Brady doesn't need to wait. The rules do not apply to him. I would waive that rule. I'd let him in right away. I'd retire his number right away. It's harder to retire numbers in football because there's only 99 of them. But Brady deserves it. He deserves it in New England, and he deserves it quickly. Break all the rules for TB12. Freddie Coleman of ESPN Radio agrees with me on that, too. They should definitely retire his number next year. I don't think you need to wait four years. If I had my way, Brady, he wouldn't wait five years to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I put him in this August because I think it's clearly obvious that he's going to go in. But why wait the five years? But I understand protocol as far as that goes, but if I'm the New England Patriots, you got to have a Tom Brady day or make it a Tom Brady week because you would not be this organization without him and Bill Belichick together, and they made that work for 20 years. 
So there's no need to wait for four years for Patriots Hall of Fame. We know what he did. Have a whole Tom Brady week. Have a whole whole pomp and circumstance to do. Now, I wouldn't break the rule about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'd still make him wait to five years there. But if I were the Patriots, I'd waive their organizational rules. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. My only caveat would be this. I'd schedule this all for the end of the season. Now, I know Brady's Fox broadcasting schedule will impact things, but I'd schedule it for as close to the end of the season as I can because if Brady decides to come back and play again, I I can't have already retired his number. If I do this week one and then week six, Brady says, I want to play again, well, then I look quite lame, don't I? At least if I schedule it for week 14, and he decides in week four he wants back in. At least then I can cancel it. So I will break all the rules for Brady. But I'm scheduling this for as close to the end of the season as I possibly can. It is the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Ralph says, I don't think you will see that with Brady. He should wait like everyone else. Brady's not everyone else. He should wait for the Hall of Fame, the actual Hall of Fame. The organizational ring of honor, he shouldn't have to wait for. The rules do not apply to Tom Brady when it comes to the Patriots. John in Moncton, I agree with your comments. I have seen the Red Sox do this with former players. Good to see former players at Fenway. It would be nice to see. I think he's talking about uh, one-day contracts. Yeah, 100%. It's a feel-good moment. It's a feel-good moment for the fans. It's closure for the fans. It might be some closure for the organization. It opens up the door to the mended fences as far as I'm concerned. Random text wants to know if the Red Sox are going to sign Michael Waka. We'll save that for Buster tomorrow because that has no place in today's show. Glenn in Middlebury, I'm glad you asked this. Brady, do you have any comments on the incident at the junior high game in Allberg last night? We've been reporting on this all day where the specter died. Excuse me, the spectator died yesterday after the after a brawl broke out at the St. Albans in Allberg 7th and 8th grade boys basketball game. I do have comments on that. I'm going to get to them right before the end of the show going into our high school basketball game. So I'm going to keep George Como in here for as long as I possibly can. And when we kick it over to high school basketball, that's when I will have my comments on that because that is a that is a tragic story. That is a jarring story, and it's a story that we should not have to be telling. Here's a precursor to my comments. We, as people, need to be better because last night should not have happened. And the result that happened last night, a death, a death in our state over youth sports or contributed to by youth sports should not have happened. We'll do that after George Como. We'll get the CBS News update and George Como in studio next with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. High school basketball coming up here in about 40 minutes for our coverage at least. 7 o'clock is the tip-off, but... The Hazen boys are taking on Spalding tonight at Spalding. I'm told it's a very big crowd already 
in that gym. I used to play men's league hoops at the uh, Spalding gym. Loved that gym. Played pretty well there back in the day and a great place to watch a game as well. So I know a lot of fans are in attendance at that one. Brent Curtis is on the call. So it's not all just Tom Brady retirement talk today. There was a fairly another fairly big retirement announcement this week. Our own George Como, who's been calling Norwich Cadets Hockey for 25 years, several or all of it here on WDEV. He announced that he is stepping away from Norwich Hockey after this season. The season is not over. The Cadets are rolling in this season. They're in the top 10 nationally, and hopefully they play deep into March. But George Como stepping aside after this season, after 25 years. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a true professional sportscaster of the year several times and a great kind of pseudo co-worker for me underneath the WDEV radio umbrella. He's in studio with us now. George, it is good to see you. Thanks for making the trip. Welcome in. How are you? I am doing well, Brady. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. I've not done this with you in a long time, and it's good to be in here. Well, I appreciate you being down and or being in and taking the trip down for us. You know, you would reference one of the reasons you were stepping aside was the travel, kind of coming from the Champlain Valley is, uh, you know, is is arduous and tough. But uh, I got to say, it was nice of Tom Brady to let you have Monday and save his announcement for Wednesday. I thought that was very well, classy it, of Brady. Good of Brady. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate help from him whenever I can get it, and. Uh, <laughs> Of course, of course, his disappearing is going to make you the one and only Brady who matters <laughs> in the sports world. So it all works out. That's what we're that's what we're shooting for. Um, you make the announcement on Monday. We played it all day long here on this station. Forty eight hours later, what are you feeling? What's the outpouring been like? The outpouring has just been amazing. Um, Facebook has just been loaded up with a lot of really, really special sentiments and thoughts from a lot of people, and I certainly really appreciate that. It It's all kind of surreal, really. Number one, they're doing this George Como night. Yeah, thing Friday night. Friday night at Kreitzberg. <laughs> it's ironic talking about the weather issue. The night they're doing George Como night, it's supposed to be the coldest night in Vermont in the last 20 years or something. But, uh, you know, it is it is kind of, uh, it's time. Um, uh, Craig Durham is doing an excellent job taking over the play-by-play. And you have you know you you know how it is in this business you have certain things you do better than others and i've had a long and very happy career doing play by play sports this year i'm kind of on the color man trying to play that role working with craig and um, the more i do color the more i realize i'm a play by play guy yeah, and it's it's the kind of thing I really appreciate. In fact, I put a little thing up on Facebook this week, and in there, I gave my appreciation to Dave Moody and John Noyes and Corey Gustus and the guys that have worked with me as color men on the broadcast because I really appreciate even more now that I'm trying to do it myself how tough a job that is and what a great job those guys did. You made it clear that you are 
not retiring from broadcasting. You are retiring from broadcasting Norwich games here on WDEV. So, you know, I, I think that's something that makes us all happy that we are still going to be able to hear your voice and hear your your take on sports in and around the state. Where, exa- you know, do you know exactly what sports you're going to do, what outlets you're going to be on, et cetera, how many games? Have you figured that out yet? Well, I haven't figured out everything. I am planning, and I haven't heard anything to the contrary, to be back with the Vermont Lake Monsters this summer for another summer of home games at Centennial Field, which is always a lot of fun. It fits very nicely into my criteria. It's close to home. The weather should not be an issue. And so I'm looking at that, and then I hope to do some high school football and what have you in the fall, and then we'll see where things stand when we get to next winter. You know, you put out this statement on Monday night, and you referenced a bunch of different factors in this, one of which was your health. You had said ninth year battling Parkinson's. If you don't mind me asking, how do you feel right now? It varies day to day. It's not like I'm in constant pain or agony, but... One thing that I have been known for throughout my career is my voice. And my voice isn't what it used to be. The strength isn't there. The ability to push it just isn't there anymore. Uh, I take medicine for the Parkinson's. A lot of the symptoms are kept pretty well under control most of the time. But between the loss of voice, which is right up there with the weather and the Parkinson's is a reason that I'm not going to be able to do play-by-play of a game as fast and ongoing as hockey, um, that combined with uh, the uh, other factors just, you know, that tell you, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm dancing around the question. Most days I feel really good. Occasionally I feel so-so or worse. And, you know, the thing that's maddening about it is you don't always know until you're right in the middle of something that you're going to have an on attack. 25 years, the voice of Norwich. A lot of people associate you with the UVM work that you did. It's hard to believe that you will have spent seven more years at Norwich than you did with the Catamounts. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Blows my mind, (laughs) really does. And the 25 years went by so, so quickly. Of course, you know, we had a lot of success. Yeah, Uh, that helps. I, when I was doing UVM, we had some good years. I, I was lucky enough to be there when John McClare was there. When Aaron Miller was there, Marty St. Louis, Tim Thomas, Eric Perrin had some great players. We also had some very down years during the time that I was at UVM. When I was with Norwich, it's really been nothing but success every year and culminating in four national championships so far, hoping to get one more. But um, it's really been an amazing run, and it's an awful lot of fun when you go out and win 20, 23, (laughs) 25 games every year, too. That doesn't hurt. 
you know, I have spoken to you before at this outlet at other outlets. I had a podcast back in the day that you came on and, and talked with and maybe did 40 of the most enjoyable minutes in that podcast is kind of short lived history, but it, it really resonated with me. Um, so I'm probably going to ask you questions I've asked before that I just think I want the listeners to hear your answers to, but what are your, what are some of your best memories in broadcasting? It doesn't have to be at Norwich, but just in general, what are some of your best memories? Well, really, it always, you, you remember the wins more. Maybe you try not to remember the losses, but, you know, winning championships, as I said, four with Norwich, uh, one, actually two now with the Lake Monsters yeah. through the years. With UVM, we never quite got over to the hump. We did get to the uh, Frozen Four in Cincinnati, Ohio. 96 in, or so? Is yeah, that? it was 1996. The infamous game played on mush when yeah. there was a heating ice melting situation at the arena in Cincinnati. But we did make it to the final four that year, the Frozen Four, and it was an exciting time. Um, there have been other individual situations, particular games, but it really you really do get to the point where you uh, there's so many, they all run together, kind of. Did you ever think about leaving Vermont? You know, people, you've won Sportscaster of the Year so many times. People universally uh, praise your work. Did you ever think about leaving the state? Oh, and- yeah. I, uh, I made the effort uh, in my early years. I never had an agent. And yeah. That was Me probably. Either. Well, <laughs> yeah, but. You know, uh, if 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 you really want to push it in this business, I really think it's important that you do have an agent or you uh, are really, really good at establishing contacts. I've got a lot of friends in the business, but not as many of them are in the power decision-making yep. world as they are in the sitting here as friends talking back and forth kind of world. Um, I closest I think I ever came, I was invited back in the late uh, 80s, early 90s. I was invited in for an interview for the hockey and football job at the University of Wisconsin. That would have been a good one. That would have been a very good one. <laughs> they had had several people go through there. Chuck Caton, who ended up in Hartford with the Whalers and then went with them to Carolina. They had a number of people who had come through that job and uh, gone on to the NHL from there. But, uh, you know, I, I was invited in, but there were some issues in my personal life at that time that kind of precluded me leaving yeah. Vermont, so I decided to pass on it. I had a shot at several AHL jobs along the way, and... One thing led to another, and I ended up staying right here. And the other thing was, when I got the UVM job back in 74, 75, that was my dream job. Yeah, That was the job that I had wanted forever. And uh, sometimes you can be too happy in what you're doing. Looking back, maybe I should have pushed a little harder, but, hey, I've got to spend my whole life 
in my home state raising a family, and you can't really go too wrong there either. We're talking with George Como, legendary broadcaster, sportscaster of the year, voice of the cadets here on WDEV. And he's been doing Norwich for 25 years, and he's going to step aside from that role at the end of this season. But that season is not over yet. And, you know, you're talking about opportunities you had earlier in your career. It's amazing how sometimes in this business you have priorities, you have goals, and then sometimes those priorities change. I'll, I'll tell you just for a second, when I first got to Vermont, I was counting down until how long, how long do I have to put in until I can leave? Uh You know, the first, my mentor in this business said, go put in two years there and then see who comes calling. And I got a job offer in Seattle very early on six months after I got here and turned it down. That's the, that's the job I thought I wanted. I got offered a job in a top 20 market to be on the radio every day and, and turn that one down. And here I am. And I've had a couple other things that, that got to the finish line that I turned down to. And it's just, I got to, I got to interrupt. Seattle is your, your dream deal. Yeah. So the, the, the thing was about that job was one, they offered me something six months after I got here and I didn't have a contract and it was at my previous station. I didn't have a contract. So did I have to stay? No, but, um, it would have felt wrong leaving a job that I had just taken. My then girlfriend, now fiance, had just moved here also and just gotten her job. That would have felt wrong. Like, hey, you just moved here for me. Yes, what? Now I want to pick up and move again. And, you know, the job wasn't exactly what I wanted, right? I want to be on the air. I want to be doing this. But they offered me a producer job and one of these things where, hey, kind of start at the bottom, get in the door, work your way up. And I was like, well, it's not very much money. It's not the job that I want. And then there's all the other things I just mentioned to you. So it didn't it just didn't work out at that time. And, you know, that that was seven years ago when seven years later, here I am. And it's like, I'm very happy here. And sometimes your priorities just change. It's amazing. Um you know, can I keep you for a couple of more minutes? Cause I got oh, more yeah, as long as you want. So, um, this Norwich team, we mentioned, you've said a couple of times here, you want to end on a fifth national championship. This team right now, number eight in the country this week, and they're knocking on that door again, George, you think they got a chance at it? I think they do have a chance on it. The thing about it and going back through the years, we've had, as I said earlier, tremendous success, but the conference, the NEHC, which is, used to be the ECAC East, yep. now it's the NEHC, has year by year by year become a tougher and tougher and tougher conference to play in. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Hobart and Elmira joined the league four or five years ago, that really pushed it to an entirely different level. Norwich and Hobart have become very good rivals, very intense rivals at the top of the league. But there are five or six other teams on any given night who can knock you off. It's a tough place to play. Having said all that, Norwich, I think, has a very good shot. I think they are rounding into form form at the right time. Uh, They've been play they played most of the first half of the year and into the beginning of the second half of the year basically with one goaltender Drennan Atherton mm-hmm. getting most of the work they had another veteran goaltender in Albano uh, kind of sitting on the sidelines but then uh, injury thing happened with um, Atherton and 
Albano has stepped in and he has played tremendously. Andrew Albano has been great over the last three weeks. So now they're in the position, which we've seen Norwich teams in, in the past, where they have depth everywhere, including in the net. And that can be very huge when you come to playoff time. Uh, they've got to beat Hobart. I think it's going to come down. They play at Hobart a week from this coming Friday night out in uh, Olean, New York. And it's going to be a, or Geneva, New York. Sorry about that. Geneva, New York, the location of Hobart. They play out there. That game will, I think, decide the regular season champion. And that's a big, big deal. Because uh, when you are in the playoffs in March, you want as many games as you can possibly get at Kreitzberg Arena. They don't call the Norwich fans the Kreitzberg crazies <laughs> for nothing. They really show up, especially at playoff time. So I think winning the regular season title, getting home ice, if they can do that, they certainly have the depth to take a run at it. We're at the point now. Do you think the it's harder to win the NEHC conference tournament than it would be? Like, is the conference tournament more difficult than the national tournament, you think, at this point, with how good the conference is? I wouldn't say it's more difficult than the national tournament, but it certainly is way more difficult than it ever used to be. Yeah. And not just because you're competing with Hobart, because you're competing with Babson and Elmira and Skidmore and a lot of other schools that have gotten good. And last year, Hobart beat Norwich out. In fact, Norwich finished fifth in the regular season standings. Hobart won the regular season, but neither one of them made it to the championship game. Norwich got knocked out early by Babson. Hobart got knocked out by Skidmore and... You know, you ended up with uh, Babson winning the regular season or winning the uh, playoff championship in the NCAA bid that went with it. That's the thing in the league right now. Everybody focuses right now on that one two thing. But you remember, three and four and five and six are fully capable of stepping up and knocking you out. Well, we'll have George Como night coming up this Friday night at Kreitzberg Arena. Our coverage will begin, as always, at 635 as the cadets are back on the ice. I want to tie up a couple of loose ends here. Um, who are some of the best people you've come across in broadcasting? Could be could be anybody. Who are some of the best people? If we, When you go to the cocktail party, who are the people you tell the stories about? Oh, God. Uh Number one, I guess, would be the coaches that I have worked with um, back in the UVM days, Mike Gilligan, mm -hmm. who was a great coach and a great guy. And, of course, he had, um, and it was a couple of years after I left UVM that the whole hazing thing blew up. And he had to deal with that. He took a lot of grief for it. And I think it was unfair that he was blamed for a lot of the stuff that happened. But he was a great guy. Oh, God, Mike McShane in Norwich is an incredible individual, tremendous success as a Division One coach before he came to Norwich. And, of course, everybody knows what he's done here. 
Uh, as far as people in our business, a guy joining us on this show today, Tom Karen. I worked with Tom at Channel 5 TV here in the Burlington Plattsburgh market back in the late, late 80s. Uh, he was just breaking in after coming out of St. Michael's College. And, of course, he's remained a good friend through the years since that time. But, um, gosh, there's so many people, Brady, it's hard to single them all out. Marty St. Louis, yeah. great guy. Um, John LeClaire, great guy. I remember John was drafted into the NHL, or his rights were taken by the Montreal Canadiens in his, between his senior year of high school and his freshman year at UVM. <laughs> And I got to interview him in his back porch in St. Albans right after he was taken in the draft. And that was a lot of fun and got to know John quite well and a great guy as well. That's an awesome story about John LeClaire. I love that. You mentioned Tom Karen, right? Yeah. TC comes on this show every single Wednesday. In addition to his regular Wednesday interview with me, he dropped you a special message that he wanted you to hear. So let me see if I can press the right buttons and play this appropriately. Hey, George, Tom Karen here. Congratulations on an incredible run uh, calling the games at Norwich University and the cadets have had so much success and you have absolutely elevated the, the product, but you've done that your whole career. Uh, I've learned so much from you watching how you prepare for games back when we were at PTC together a long, long time ago, and just how you always took every broadcast seriously. You always made me feel that a game you were doing was the most important game in the world that night, and I've always tried to carry that with me. doesn't matter if it's Division One, Two, Three, or 4, even though there isn't a 4, uh, that you should always be prepared for the game and that you should get to know the players and, and be ready to, to really uh, tell the, the listener, the viewer, everything they need to know about that broadcast. And you have always done that, whether it was uh, a NASCAR race at Thunder Road or whether it was uh, uh, Plattsburgh, the national championship, listening to college and pro games over the years. It has been a pleasure. So congratulations. I'm sure you're not done, uh, but, uh, but great to hear you stepping back a little bit and maybe enjoy a little of this because you have earned it. Congrats, George. So that was Tom Karen, the Red Sox and Bruins insider over at Nesson with a special message for you, George. That is very, very cool. And I appreciate TC taking the time to do that and and you taking the time to ask him. He, he's, he's, you talk about a guy who's had a tremendous career and he is still climbing in the echelon of the things that are done in Nesson and does such a tremendous job. So. Thank him for that. That's very special. Well, we certainly will do just that, TC, again with us every single Wednesday. And uh, George Como in studio with As us I, now. Excuse me for interrupting. I, I While we were was setting up to hear Tom's comments, a couple of other people that I should mention, and that's my compatriots in the media covering first UVM. And I know you're not talking about me. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right there. You're right there at the top of the list. <laughs> Buddy of mine who lives in Shelburne, we've logged so many miles together over the years. Got to be Ted Ryan. Ted Ryan. I love Ted Ryan. Great guy. Great, great guy. I want to mention him. I want to mention my compatriot down in southern Vermont, Jack Healy. Mm -hmm. 
who has done a tremendous job covering sports in the state over the years. And and there are other folks, but I wanted to get those two in as well. Well, George, we appreciate you. All the work you've done for 25 years at Norwich, all the work you've done for, it's got over 40 years in broadcasting in general. What's the well, official tally? Actually, my first broadcast job was after I graduated from UVM in 1972 so i actually have hit 50, 50 years in broadcasting so, 48 in sports <laughs> 50 years in broadcasting 25 with norwich you've been the voice of cadet hockey you've been the voice of wdev sports now for a long time and and i i mentioned this story on monday i don't know if you heard it but i wanted to, to relay it to you uh in person here I want to thank you for always being so nice and welcoming to me and coming on shows that I've been a part of or podcasts, et cetera. I've always appreciated your accessibility, your willingness to come on. You didn't have to do it, especially when I was first starting out. And I, when I worked at Norwich for that one year in 2012, I was a 23 year old punk. I thought I had it all figured out. I didn't have as much respect as I should have for Norwich, the place for Northfield, the community for Vermont, the state and for you, the broadcaster. And I appreciate you uh, not taking that personally. That was just me being a punk and uh, you're a true pro, a class act, one of the best on well, the mic and off. And I appreciate you always hanging out with me. Let me number one, say you were never a punk. I definitely was, but I appreciate you saying that. But uh, yeah, you, we knew you were, you know, we, we, we knew you had missed your true calling which was as a pitcher but uh you did do pretty well on other things and you continue to so that's all good well thank you very much you're one of the best and uh, a lot of people happy that you were able to come on the show today gave us some extended time which i appreciate and uh we uh we do appreciate it so the full show podcast will be uh be available after the show you can hear all of what george had to say he's been with us now for 25 minutes so uh, i think this is the longest interview in brady farkas show history so you're kidding so we appreciate it george como uh not riding off into the sunset yet cadet hockey coming up on friday night our coverage begins at 635 as the push towards the NEHC playoffs continues. Big weekend, final home weekend of the regular season. Big game with Southern Maine Friday night. Even bigger game with Babson on Saturday. We hope to see everybody at Kreitzberg. Believe it or not, it will be warmer inside <laughs> Kreitzberg than it will outside. So you that you have no excuse not to go saying that it's cold. George, thank you. Thank you, Brady. Absolutely. Thank you again. It was an absolute pleasure to have George in as he gets ready to walk out for the night. Uh, all we can say again is just that. Thank you. I love getting guests in studio, you know, because of logistics and COVID, et cetera. It's always been, you know, it's been hard to get people in studio for this show for the last couple of years. But George made the trip down today, and we certainly do appreciate it. I had the text line closed while he was in here. My mistake, people. Uh, Mike in Bristol had some nice things to say. We had a couple of unnamed texters with some nice things to say. So everybody loves George. I love hanging out with George, and I appreciate all the kind words on the interview. You can hear the full thing, of course, again, when the show is over on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Right now, uh, we will step aside briefly. We'll come back and transition to something I wish we didn't have to talk about. The story last night from Alberg. We've been covering it all day. It's a story that didn't need to happen. It's a story that shouldn't happen. We'll talk about it next here on DEV.
Now it's back to the Brady Parker Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in Brady Parker Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. High school basketball is coming up next. We'll have that for you in a couple of minutes. Boys side between Hazen and Spalding. So the Wildcats travel to the Crimson Tide. Brent Curtis is on the call. There's a big crowd already there at Spalding, I know. I want to spend the last few minutes here talking about a story that I wish I didn't have to talk about. It's a story that we've been chronicling on our various news services all day, but it's the story out of Alberg last night. And by now, you probably know it. If not, here is the synopsis of it. There was a 7th and 8th grade boys basketball game last night in Alberg being played between Alberg and a team from St. Albans. There was a fight that broke out between adults in the crowd. I have not seen any video of it. All I have to go on is Channel 3 News saying they have obtained a video of what they believe to be the fight. And they see pushing and shoving and punches being thrown. But somewhere in that melee, a 60-year-old man needed medical attention. And I'm a little bit fuzzy on when exactly he needed medical attention. I don't know if he needed it on site. I don't know if he drove away and subsequently decided that he needed it. But this man at 60 years old ultimately died. And I don't want to speculate. I've heard various things. I've read certain reports. I haven't seen enough to know exactly what is true. So I don't really want to go down that road. But here is where we are at. A youth basketball game a 7th and 8th grade basketball game in some way contributed to the death of somebody in our state. Think about that. A 7th and 8th grade game contributed to the death of a person in our state. Now, I don't know if this person sustained injuries in the melee or if this person had an underlying condition that was brought to light by the melee, I don't know. That's not the important part. The important part is, is we never should have been in that position last night and we should not be in this position today. We as a society, we as a state need to do better. Look, almost nobody takes sports more serious than me. You know how much I love it. You know the impact it's had on me. Sports has given me everything in my life. It's given me my best friends. It's given me my best memories. It's allowed me experiences I never would have gotten. It got me my fiance. It's gotten me everything. Almost nobody takes it more serious than me in this state. But I draw the line at youth sporting events turning into melees that lead to death. We should not be having this conversation today. I'm telling you, as someone who lives and breathes this stuff, it's not that serious. It is not that serious. And this is, well, this is the first story of this type that we have heard. In the last year and a half, we've heard plenty of stories about improper behavior and improper conduct at youth sporting events. And it needs to stop. 
The sports are about the athletes. They are not about the fans. The sports are about the athletes' memories. They're not about the parents. They're not about the crowd. And if it's becoming about the other stuff, then that is a huge problem. Sports is supposed to be an inclusive place where kids can have fun, love a sport, learn about teamwork, fall in love with something like I did that can carry you through your whole life. That's what sports are about, and that's what sports are about at the youth level. They're not about fracases in the crowd that leave somebody without a family member at the end of the night. I was sickened when I read that story. You know, when we read the news, we're not supposed to give an opinion. I'm giving you my opinion now. I was sickened when I read that story this morning. And as more details come out on it, I continue to be sickened by it. It is a problem. The youth sports culture is a problem. Parents to officials, parents to kids, parents to coaches. Sometimes it's coaches to players. It's the, the youth sports culture is a problem. I hate that we're having this discussion today because we shouldn't be. There is somebody who is dead in part because of what happened at a 7th and 8th grade basketball game in Auburn. What are we doing as a society if that is what we are having our sports turn into? I don't I, look, I've talked for 5 minutes on it. I hope I've conveyed what I want to. The only reaction there is, is that how are we letting our sports get to this point? Maybe I could have said that in five seconds and not five minutes. I don't know. But I'm rattled by this story. Seventh and eighth grade hoops is turning into this. We've read stories of high school sports and high school athletes being threatened. How is it turning into this? The sports that I love, the youth sports that I grew up on, wasn't this. And I hate that it's turned to this and it needs to stop. I take it as serious as anybody in this state probably. And I'm telling you it's not this serious. This 60-year-old man should be home with his family tonight. And he's not in part by whatever happened last night. We do have high school basketball coming up next. Brent Curtis is on the call. It is hoops between Hazen and Spalding. Everybody enjoy the game as it was meant to be enjoyed. Let the players enjoy the game as it was meant to be enjoyed as well. Thanks to George Como for coming in. Tom Karen and Freddie Coleman, those interviews available on the Brady Farkas Show podcast channel. We'll see you back here tomorrow.